The Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Early in my leadership career, I came across the maxim, he who never made a mistake never made anything. And so as host of The Leadership File, I knew I needed to include a show on failure. We've looked at failure as an issue, but I've struggled to find anyone prepared to share their personal failures in a way that would have the kind of honesty that would help listeners. That is until now. Karis Grimes has written a book, Failing Intelligently, subtitled Facing and Learning from the Impact of Failure. And I'm delighted that she's agreed uh, to be my guest. So uh, welcome, Karis, to The Leadership File. Thank you very much, Andy. Uh, I mean, having uh, said that it was brave of you to write on this topic, you didn't especially want to, to write the book, did you? No, not not at all, not at all. Um, it was something I felt God was calling me to do and I was very, very resistant because I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and thinks, I know what I want to do today. I want to write a book all about failure and be known for being uh, an expert on failure. There's many things I said, Lord, I would love to be an expert in. Failure is not one of them. It's not on my list. It's not on my agenda. But as we know, God often has different things on his agenda than we might Indeed. Well, you, you kindly let me see an early draft of the book. And just uh, for, for, for listeners, we, we, we attend the same church and uh, uh, know each other, obviously, outside of this, the context of this interview. Um, and I remember thinking you were a little hard on yourself in what you'd uh, shared, but maybe you could share a little of your own experience that, that led you into the topic. Um, I think I come at failure from a number of different um, perspectives, if you like. Um, From a personal perspective, um, my marriage came to an end after 14 years um, and that left me with a sense of failure. I think many single parents who are trying to juggle um, all the different competing demands on their time can be feel that they live like with a sense of failure um, because they are unable to f- fulfill their expectations of what they should be able to provide and all the different things they're meant to be doing. And I certainly had that and uh, uh, have spoken to a number of uh, single parents um, who feel very much like they also live with a sense of failure. But from a professional perspective, I then became a consultant surgeon. I'm a consultant surgeon in Kent. And as as a consultant, you have to face your complications. You have to go and see patients where things haven't necessarily gone as you had hoped or expected. Um, you have to deal with their families. You have to deal with complaints. You have to go and give evidence in the coroner's court um, and explain what you did and why. And then I became patient safety lead and then ultimately uh, one of the governance leads in the trust. So I'm now also responsible for things like the investigation of serious incidents, potentially avoidable deaths, um, and looking at how we manage failure and how we as an organisation learn from failure, but also how we manage individuals involved in those scenarios um, and how we support them and how we try and make um, failure which is inevitable, not something to be avoided, but something we can learn. I mean, it is to be avoided in many senses, but given that it's inevitable, how can we make this a useful experience for everybody? Um, I was going to say, yes, your book very much um, uh, outlines the, the positive elements of, of learning from the, from the whole situation. I mean, you, you, you mentioned the medical community. It's certainly been well received by those. And, and you, as you hinted, you know, failure can be, can be very serious in the medical world. 
Indeed, indeed. And, um, you know, many doctors are are hugely successful. Um, You know, they have to be very academically, very able. You then go through medical school, you have to pass a load of exams. And you go through or can go through success after success until you become a consultant and you get a potentially avoidable death or a complaint. And then you have to start learning to manage uh, the things that go wrong and and those those quite intense feelings of guilt, of shame um, and of, oh, my word, what could I have done differently to alter the outcome? And that's something which nobody teaches you at medical school. They teach a bit of resilience. Um, but somehow resilience training is different. Um, and um, when I started looking at failure, um, you ca- there, there's a number of s- s- places where it's been studied elsewhere. Um, so, for example, in education, where failure has been very well studied, you have this concept of a growth mindset or fixed mindset. And um, we want to teach our children to be growth mindset uh, people so that they see the failures and things that don't go well as opportunities to learn and as tools they can learn from and adapt Um, Whereas fixed mindset people tend to be very defined by their failures or successes um, and therefore they may fear failure um, and may be anxious about seeking feedback or receiving feedback. Um, And and so those sorts of concepts, I think, can be applied outside of education to a more general context and certainly within healthcare. Um, So you, you, you grew up as a daughter of a vicar. Um, and I just wonder whether that kind of world was comfortable with the concept of failure or whether, like in many local churches, um, it's the sort of thing that we'd rather not mention because that's letting the side down. Well, in fact, that's where my journey really started because my dad, um, uh, who was a missionary um, in West Africa for 10 years and then um, became a vicar subsequently, he ended up in a little village a parish church um, with a small uh, congregation um, and did everything to grow that church. They did door-to-door evangelism, they ran alpha courses in the pubs, they did lots of youth and children's work. Um, And I quote him in the book because he says everything, each one of those activities individually went really well. But at the end of all of that, the church congregation itself had actually shrunk. Um, and uh, he was in Coventry Diocese and back in the late 1990s when the new bishop uh, came, they said, look, you know, would you do a talk? And he said, yes, I will do a talk at this diocesan study day for the new bishop, but I'm going to do my talk on failure because I have tried everything. And at the end of it, you know, we have waiting lists for all our youth groups and children's work. The, the, the Sunday morning congregation is smaller than when I started. Um, and it was, you know, him and listening to him talk about it, which made me realise that actually often in life and, and in, I think particularly um, as Christians, we can be in a situation where we are living with a sense of failure because we are not getting the successes we're expecting. Um, and I realised that when God calls us to something, he asks us to be obedient he never guarantees that we are going to succeed in the way that we might expect. Um, but that does, and that may, may leave us feeling with, that we have a sense of failure or living with a sense of failure. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we failed, even though we may feel like it. Well, I, I think it's interesting that 
your dad's failure is now many thousands of people are listening to the that story and they will be encouraged by that because many will be uh, battling away and maybe not seeing the fruit that they um, that they would like and uh, are going to be heartened by that sense that actually if they're faithful then um, then God's God's very much on their side so, so thank you for sharing that um, as we, we're going to come to a break in a minute but you note in the book the ways in which even Jesus's ministry might to some uh, have a failure dimension. Yes, indeed. And there's a great uh, quote by the Pope on this, in fact, which I use. Um, because Jesus didn't fulfill the expectations at, of the time at what he was expected to achieve and to accomplish. And ultimately, if you take out the resurrection bit for a second, um, then it looks like his ministry was a failure because he died. Um, you know, he didn't engage the, the, uh, the political elite. He chose 12 people for his disciples who you may not necessarily have chosen to be on your board of a new company trying to sell a new product. Um, and he didn't meet the expectations of many of those um, who were expecting a certain sort of messiah. Um, so from some perspectives, you could say, well, actually, Jesus did fail or he appeared to fail. Um, of course, when you when you then look at the resurrection, you look at all of Jesus' life and ministry back through the lens of the resurrection, you can say, wow, that was amazing. He totally succeeded. Um, but I don't think that was necessarily apparent um, at Good Friday. Sure. And uh, yeah, there's a sense in which you know, most of his disciples fled. And of course, Judas himself betrays Jesus. So, <laughs> you know, there's, that must have been a real sadness for him at the very end. Yes, for sure. And, um, you know, it's encouraging to us because when I was going to write the book, I said in the end, I said, Lord, OK, OK, I shall write this book, but I'm not just going to write it about things that go wrong. If you really want to, me to write this book, I want to know one example in the Bible of someone who did everything well and still appeared to fail catastrophically because many Christians will be having that sense. And that's what I want to write about. Um, or partly write about. Um, and I closed my eyes and had a very clear and powerful picture of the cross. And, and it was a, a shock to me because I thought, but Jesus didn't fail. Um, and, and I had to go through a process of thinking, well, what, what do we mean? Um, because Jesus didn't fail, but he certainly seemed to appear to fail um, uh, before the resurrection. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Karis Grimes. Uh, she's written a book, Failing Intelligently, Facing and Learning from the Impact of Failure. We'll be back just after this. Well, welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Karis Grimes. Karis is uh, the author of uh, a new book, Failing Intelligently, subtitled Facing and Learning uh, from the Impact of Failure. She talked uh, before the break a little of her uh, own work as a, a consultant a surgeon. Um, and uh, some of the failures that she'd sadly faced and, and how God, she believed, has, has led her to write this book, which is uh, already helping uh, many people come to terms with some of the stuff in their life that uh, perhaps they'd really rather uh, wasn't there. Um, were there uh, any particular characters in the Bible, uh, Karis, you mentioned Jesus, but other others who uh, you felt were particularly noteworthy in terms of failure? Yes, um, what the wonderful thing about the Bible, um, when I looked at it from a failure perspective, is it's just full of characters who fail. Um, and in fact, you know, God's plan A 
uh, goes wrong in Genesis chapter three. And the entire rest of the Bible is about managing failure. So it's, it's a fabulous book because it shows how much God loves failures, how much he can use people who have failed. And sometimes I think he seems to use people not despite their failures, but sometimes it puts them in a position because of their failures that he can then use them. So, for example, one of my favourite characters from a failure perspective is definitely Moses. And Moses, having murdered an Egyptian, um, we then find him on having fled Egypt on the hills looking after sheep, where, of course, he then comes across the burning bush that doesn't burn up. And it's almost as if because he has failed and because he's in that situation of vulnerability, um, which failure puts us in this very vulnerable situation, and it makes us very well aware of our um, inadequacies. And I think sometimes that puts us in a position that God says, actually, uh, now you've stopped being so full of yourself and you recognize that you're not as strong and brave and as you ca as you think you were. You're now in a position where you're much more willing to rely on me. And that makes me you much more useful to me and much more useful to me using you to do great things. So I think God can really use people who have been through failure. Um, and Moses, of course, is then called by God and he says, no, God, I can't do it. And he comes up with a series of excuses as all the reasons he does not want to have to go and do this job. Um, and in the end, he says, Lord, just send someone else. I really can't do this. I'm too scared. I don't want to do it. This isn't for me. Um, and I love that. I love the fact that God isn't using often isn't using um, the brave and the strong. Um, he's using people who um, understand or sort of have experience of their own inadequacies and their own weaknesses um, and, and know that they're not perfect and know they need God. Um, so, I, you know, Moses is a particular favourite of mine because we think of him as such a strong leader, someone who achieved so much. And yet that's not where he started off. Um, but be I think it's because, you know, I wonder if he'd stayed in Pharaoh's household, if he hadn't killed the Egyptian, would he still have been in a position that God could have used him? I mean, we'll never know. Um, I like to think that um, it was because he failed and because he wasn't where he sort of probably expected to be initially that he was absolutely in the right position for God to use him. So I I find that quite an encouraging story that actually when things go really wrong and think it's go pear-shaped in our lives, that actually God's can say, don't worry. You know, yes, you do have to take responsibility. You do have to admit you're wrong. You do have to accept the punishment. But that does not mean I've abandoned you. I can still use you. I can use you because of this. I can use you despite it. Let's carry on working together. Let's do stuff. Um, so I think anyone listening who has been through a situation where they feel that they have really failed um, can be encouraged from that. And there's lots of those sorts of stories in the Bible. Um, I think the other thing about the Bible is that a bit like I was speaking before about growth mindsets and fixed mindsets and people who fail well and learn from their failures and, and become more successful as a result of their failures. Um, there's also so people in the Bible who fail badly and people who fail well. So if you look at the two criminals uh, who were crucified either side of Jesus, 
Um, at the end of a very short conversation, one appears to have failed well and one appears to have failed badly. And if you look back in the Old Testament, if you look at the stories of Saul and David, no, Saul and David both failed. They both made mistakes. Um, they were both chosen to be leaders by God, both failed. And at, yet at the end of their lives, one has failed badly and one has failed well. God continues to use David. He becomes the great King David and and the ancestor of Jesus. Well, what's the difference between those two? Um, now, Saul was quite, um, in some ways, quite an arrogant person who wanted to keep spoils for himself and didn't really acknowledge um, God and his strength. But David was somebody who, when uh, when failures happened, and uh, you know Nathan the prophet came to have a word, he did ultimately take responsibility for the failure um, and accept the punishment that went with it. But when he had his successes, he saw those successes as being of God and through God and not of his own strength. And he was, um, in some ways, he was hugely talented in many ways. But again, he saw his talents and his abilities as coming from God, not something which belonged to him or was of his own making. So in both his successes and in his failures, um, he his attitude was right. Um, and I think Saul was a different sort of person. He had a different set of attitudes when it came to success and to failure. Um, and ultimately, from a a Christian perspective, one that appears to have failed well and one appears to have failed badly. And I think we can learn from that. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Terrace, uh, it's a, a very big question I'm going to ask now, or at least would require a big answer. But really, uh, for some, part of the problem with failure, at least failing a, a failing project is that they believe God has led them into something uh, uh, you know maybe they they had the courage to step out and do something and it hasn't gone well and and it's not so much that they blame themselves so they almost blame God uh, now as I say it's a it's it's a tough tough one to to ask but I need to ask it in this in this context um yes and I mean I think there's a, a number of different things to say about that so yes sometimes it's an entirely biblical situation to be called to something which then doesn't work out. If you think of the prophets in the Old Testament, God calls them to Israel um, and to go and preach the Israelites, Israelite nations. They repent, 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 and they don't repent. And they spent their whole lives doing something which never succeeded because the Israelite nation, they never, never re repent and ultimately um, uh, Babylon comes and, uh, and the exile. I think the second thing to say is that being very honest with God is important. Um, and, you know, if you look at Job or if you look at Jonah, people who are really frank, honest and straight with God about how they felt about the situation and his absence from that situation or, you know, feeling abandoned in a situation, that's also entirely biblical. And I think if you're in that situation, the first thing you need to do is get down on your knees and say, God, where are you? And this is how I feel. I'm going to tell it to you straight. Because certainly I know from my own life, it's only when I've got really honest with God that, that my faith has really grown. I think while we sort of feel that we have to somehow be very polite to God or fear that we might offend him if we're honest with him, we sometimes don't seem to make progress um, 
in our relationship with him. And sometimes it is that raw feeling that we need to express to God um, and sometimes to others as well um, in order that he can say, okay, right, let's start dealing with this. Um, and I think sometimes we, we just need the wisdom and discernment of others. Um, we need their support and, it, and if anyone's listening who's in that situation where they feel very angry with God or they feel very upset or they feel very abandoned by God, that's okay. That's entirely biblical. Look at the Psalms, look at Job, look at Jonah. Um, those raw feelings are all in the Bible and you're totally okay to express those. Um, what you do next depends kind of on the situation. Um, but but God can use you where you are and he can use that experience you're having. Um, it's often not apparent at the time how he can use you, um, but he can certainly use it in the future. Well, thanks, Karis. You, you know, succinctly answered a very, a very, very tough question. So thank you. Um, so as we as we come to a close, um, the, the book is, as I say, Failing Intelligently, Facing and Learning from the Impact of Failure. Uh, how could people get a copy? And I believe you have a, a, a website, too, that um, is encouraging people to c connect with you. Absolutely. So the website is failingintelligently.com um, and you can certainly buy a book copy of the book through that and I obviously encourage people to do so that would be lovely um, there is a webinar I'm running at the moment looking at growth mindsets and fixed mindsets and failing well and failing badly both for individuals and for organizations um, which I hope people find useful that, um, and then of course I'm encouraging people to try and um, share their stories um, because I think failure is such a difficult thing to talk about and it's hugely encouraged I, I know as a surgeon if a, co if a colleague of mine has a complication that I've had or has a complication which I fear um, it's actually I'm, I'm not pleased that patients had a complication but I learn a lot from my colleagues complication I learn how to be a better surgeon myself and I think we need to share those stories partly to encourage each other that you're not the only person who's going through this difficult situation um, and to encourage others and to say look let's talk about these difficult things we live in a success orientated society and failure is a very bad word in many ways but actually the people and the organizations who are most successful are those who have learned good strategies through learning from failure and using those failures for development and for growth and for, for adapting and therefore we totally need to start talking about it so my thanks to Caris Grimes and thanks uh, to you for listening this week. Uh, do log on to Premier's own website. You can listen to archive recordings of the Leadership File, including this one in due course. I look forward to your company again next uh, Sunday at four. Thanks for tuning in. Music.